This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, we're back with another Friday edition of Off the Break Podcast. Don't change the channel if you're on YouTube. Yes, we are in our machine best. (laughs) (laughs) We promise we're not uh, shirtless at all. This is just a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) If you're uh, listening to this, you can check out the video of the podcast on the YouTube channel. We're wearing our machine shirts, uh, our hairy, fat, hairy belly man shirts. The hairiest and fattest we could find (laughs) in celebration of... The blockbuster of the year, guys. Yeah. Bert Kreischer's The Machine. It's The Machine. It's going to be. We are a little overly enthusiastic about this compared to everyone else in the industry. But... Right. They just don't know. And when you don't know, you don't know. But we know the truth. We know. The Machine was great. It was. We'll get into our reviews in a second where you guys are so fired up. Oh, yep, that's right. We have that's an right. actual big budget blockbuster film opening this weekend. Besides The Machine? Yes. Yeah. Which was? <laughs> God. <laughs> you two are going to make me... Oh, we had The Little Mermaid opening this oh, weekend. Oh, The Little Mermaid. It did not already come out once in the 80s. 90s. Wait, no, 80s? 80s, I think. Yeah, you're right. 89. Yeah. Oh I think you're right. <laughs> Ken's like, yeah. I hate Such this already. Such a migraine already. <laughs> Opened over 10 million this... Or last night for the Thursday previews, that did include some Wednesday top 500 locations that got a one show. Yeah, like a fan reaction screening mm. show. Yeah, to get the word of mouth out there. So really, that 10 million is over two days. Yeah, but but how many people went on Wednesday? Like, how many people heard about that though? But it's a solid right. number. It's it's in the realm of Guardians for what mm-hmm. the opening was. They're expecting it to do similar. Yeah, one fifteen to one twenty five and. It's going to be a solid movie opening. We just it, we'll see what the drop is. That's the biggest right. concern for us. We know it's going to be solid. It's going to play well. But but right behind it is Spider Verse. So we've got a lot of kids stuff now. We're not going to see a billion dollar Mario film here. No Spider Verse. <laughs> two weeks into Elemental. It's, yeah. We're 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 in the summer now. I just we're finally hitting our stride. Look, there's three kids movies. Why why couldn't we have spread these out a little bit more? Like, no, it, it's it's always a, it's it's always so hard to do. Like, you either spread them out too much, or then you clump them all two together. You like, remember we last need, summer? We need that middle. Minions, DC Super Pets, Pause of Fury. Oh, I know. They we all had, yeah. We had three of the six PG animated titles come out within. Five weeks of each other? No, they do this. And then they're like, oh, I didn't make my money on this kid's movie. We're not going to make as many kid's movies because they're not making us money. Well, no, you print them on the release schedule at terrible times. Make them once a month. You know why Mario got a billion dollars? Because there was no kid's movies in March or February. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't include January in that because we had Puss in Boots in January. Carried over. Carried over from Christmas. Right. This incredible need for it in the market. So two months, and then you get, oh, weird. People need a kid's movie? Billion dollars. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, oh, people must really need kid's movies. Let's put them all here and nothing. And it was an actual known property. It It wasn't some... You know, shot in the dark. No, you knew it was going to make money. Well, most of us knew it was going to make money. Cody was on the fence about it. Our whole office was actually on the fence about Mario. Not because I didn't think the movie or the IP was going to make money. Yeah, 
I was on the fence about it for other reasons. <laughs> it's not being accurate to the last Mario movie. <laughs> not even that. Not even it's that. It's going to ruin the <laughs> sanctity of Bob, Bob Hoskins, isn't it? Yeah. How is this going to yeah. work? How are they ever going to pull this off? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to what you guys actually want to talk about. Yay! Uh, <laughs> we went to the Thursday night live stream um, early show of The Machine. The Machine. <laughs> So okay, we're say gonna say it louder with gusto, guys. We're the machine. Start. It should have been the machine. The machine. But that live show was not. <laughs> it was so bad. It, I, it was a tad bit awkward. I wish somebody could have texted him and been like, "This is not going well for us here in the theater audiences." Take your shirt off now, quick. <laughs> I wish we could have texted him to let him know, "Hey, the camera's on." Yeah. <laughs> No, they. I don't think most people did. <laughs> no, the camera was on at times when people I don't think realized camera and audio were on. Mm-hmm. It looked like a public access show. It did. Yeah. Thank you. I've been looking for that thing to like really compare it. It looked like a public access show. It looked like like antique, an antiques road antique show. road show without the production value. Right. You know, in <laughs> antiques road show where they pan all the crowds with their knickknacks so the in their hands. With their walkers going yeah. around with mm. their And then they go vase. as they set Balls, up for me. the one that they're going to, you know, talk about and then they they pan to it. Some things come over the screen and then they quickly pan away back to the crowd. That was this whole live <laughs> experience. Yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like there was a test run of like, hey, Not how at should all. we cut to different people? How long should interviews <laughs> last? Like, what do we want to show? Do we want right. to show people having fun or celebrities? Or, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, literally, we he, he has a quick um, back and forth with Mark Hamill and then is going into the auditorium where they're going to show the film and he's going to do a, a short stand-up routine. Right. He opens the door. They cut to the camera that's inside the auditorium to pan down. There's someone in the aisle. A big guy. They didn't even clear <laughs> the aisle. A big guy in a big red suit. They didn't even clear the aisle. I mean, and the not... guy wasn't didn't even see Bert coming. No, they and had then a spotlight he... on him. He didn't <laughs> see him coming. Yeah, he thought and this spotlight was for me. And then yeah. he tries to like scurry out of the way, but he's a large pounds, gentleman, four hundred pounds, and he's like kind of ducked down. And it just looked. I mean, oh, that was bad. That that just caps off. The, the 15 minutes before, prior to that where it was like that he had this really awesome red carpet where it had like flip cup and axe throwing and like food trucks, food trucks and drinks and so it, tables. And so it, it was cool in person. I would have been think. really yeah. fun red yeah. carpet in person. And they but they just kept doing like a drone footage over it awkwardly oh, but drones it, have better cameras yeah <laughs> well, whatever this was felt i think was supposed to be that and then then they had an interview area where they were supposed to interview cast and stars as they came but mm. the guy would ask a question the person would answer and then would just cut it off like cut At it off awkward time there wasn't any leeway of like thank you for talking about this yeah. go transition have a transition but, nope just straight oh. it was hard cut. yes the the live event was poorly executed mm-hmm. but i want to see more of this i want this to be the first one that was bad yes and then the second one the next one they do with whoever it is is a little bit better no and a little bit better and i want tom he, cruise to do one of these before mission oh Impossible, my gosh where he does yeah. a live stream and he goes through and introduces people and talks mm-hmm. to people and then he goes into the theater and lights himself on fire in a tux and then he goes up on stage and thanks Naturally. everybody for being there right. and then the movie starts right that's like we need more of that maybe it for was, five minutes not for 15 yeah but it was such a good idea and i think I think his original idea was that you would follow him through it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, because he started the thing. He was there. He's like, okay, let's go. 
And then it just cut away and you never caught back cut up with him. Cut away to us looking at heads. Yeah. <laughs> playing and then you, you didn't catch back up with him and then you kind of did, but it was... And then there was some times where they would show people on that and then they would show the interview and you're like, they didn't get there right away. So some... So it is cut back in time or forward in time in a weird in a weird way. But yeah. I think the idea of it was so good and it just was so poorly executed. They could have done his like it didn't actually need to be live. No, live, it shouldn't live. have been live. I mean it could have been an an hour tape delay. It could mm-hmm. have been any of these things so they could mm. produce it appropriately. His his performance on stage could have been live. They could yes. have done that particularly live. Mm-hmm. But everything else I mean, they go into the auditorium, and it was seventy percent empty. Yeah, that I because would everybody never. Everybody was outside because all the stuff was going on outside. It was still yeah. fun, and the movie they hadn't started they didn't yet. Even realize that there was a movie. There were people walking right. by, like, "What is this he craziness?" Sh- he should have done his thank you outside with every because that's where everybody was at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, they weren't in the auditorium, and so it was kind of sad to be at his premiere and not see that full auditorium. And you knew it wasn't full yeah. because there was so much fun happening outside. But it's like, okay, cut off the fun, make everybody come in. But we were in Montana in a theater that was 70% full. Yeah. Everybody was very eager to see the movie. They did the right thing and had a live stream directly into the film. Yeah. They didn't try to play Spider-Verse trailers. Mm-mm. They just, oh, yeah, they that just, was my... I was, I was getting really nervous when yeah. the, when the transition wasn't happening right away. They're like, oh no, they're loading trailers now. Ken was yeah. freaking out. I was getting nervous. <laughs> I was getting nervous that they were going to screw like, I'm this up. You guys. After the live, they were going to screw it up even more. Right. <laughs> but, it's got to happen. But they got it together. And so. I think we got a taste of a format that would make early shows, early premieres, that huge. fun, huge yeah. experience. No, that's what I was saying. Totally. Even for any movie. For any movie, In- yeah. Insidious, you take whatever, whoever the main character is and have them talk for 15 minutes about the film. Right. Introduce the other actors. Oh my gosh. Something. The Little Mermaid Anything. had stars bring their kids in these beautiful gowns. And that, as a mama, would have been so fun if I was bringing kids to see, would be like all these dressed up yeah. and mermaid characters. And like you could... Yeah really think of because they are they have already spent this money they've already spent this money at this premiere all you're adding is the is the recorded element which is probably happening yeah it happens anyway you're just fashioning it yeah but they're putting it in other channels put it in the theater right why why are you just allowing people in la to experience this broadcast it out get people in montana in you know Iowa, get them into that experience and get them back into loving Hollywood again. I mean, the people around us, I think, still enjoyed the experience, even yeah. when we were like, this seems pretty clunky. Everyone <laughs> else was like, hey, Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> like, right. Oh my gosh, that's Tom Segura. Bird's yeah, exa- crying on Tom's shoulder exactly. right now. Exactly. Which is, hey, that's great. Like, <laughs> right. It All was right. working for others, clearly. All but. right. Well, passing the live stream and the fact that yeah. we we can make this better. We can make Hollywood great oh again. Three of us. <laughs> we need to. All on our own. Change what? the release schedule and yeah, add these. Oh, my God. We, are, what, we already have a platform. What did you think of the movie, Kyle? Uh, yeah. Oh, let's I start thought... with Kyle. Let's start with Kyle. <laughs> we'll go around the circle. I thought it was very funny. It actually wound up being funnier than I, than I thought it would be just because as much as I enjoy Bert Kreischer, the comedian. I just don't know if the translation would go to film very well, but I think he did a good job at at least incorporating not just his comedy style, but also just, I think, a general comedy style that most audiences can enjoy into a film script and put that up on the screen. So 
I think just as a fan, I really liked it. But as a casual moviegoer, I don't see why you would feel alienated from enjoying this movie, I don't think. No, I I really enjoyed it, obviously, because we're all three of us are, are Burt fans. Mm-hmm. But it was different enough. Like, I felt like the director and the the dp did an awesome job of making it look different like every shot was 20 percent closer than any other film you've seen recently yeah i would agree every, with that the color was turned up like just a little bit like mm-hmm. everything was a little bit brighter a little more vibrant than it was whenever there were subtitles on the screen they weren't on the bottom of the screen in white they right. were huge red black subtitles they were yeah they made it feel fun. they made it look yeah. like a comic book mm-hmm. And then give it a pop. Spoiler yeah. alert: When he turns into the machine <laughs> at the end by pounding an entire bottle of vodka, mm-hmm. and they go into the Popeye comic book mode. Yeah, was just you knew it was going to happen, but it was just so awesome. Yeah, I I really liked its uh, very goofy nature to have it be like a cin- a comedic cinematic feel to it. But uh, there was attempts at having some heart to it that I thought were. Uh, that were good, done great, but I thought that they were pretty um, good to where a casual moviegoer would be like, yeah, I can buy into this. Right. I can buy into this story. When I when it first starts, I was it was a little weird seeing him on screen, and I was like, uh oh, I don't know if he's trans going to translate well. But as the movie progressed, I think he got <laughs> he must have got more experience or something because I think he relaxed and with the action came into his own better so by the end of the movie i was like believing that he is a movie could be a movie star like that he's an actor and it just felt better down the road it wasn't just him in the in the therapist's office was a little um i don't know like awkwardly awkward. staged yeah. yeah a little clunky he's it better was clunky in, well you're putting him in a box. He's better in space where he can move around. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're putting him in a 10 by 10 room. But like, right. but like most comedians, like they can get a feel of the, the room. They yeah. can walk around the stage. They mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. tell jokes that are not necessarily scripted, but also like on the cusp, on the fly as well. Right. So obviously making that jump, especially, you know, not like a smaller movie, like this had a budget behind it. Yeah. It's kind of, it would make sense why not just bird but any comedian like sebastian uh janikowski has his own um movie coming out too is that his last name no, sebastian, i love what it. is it sebastian maniscalco maniscalco janikowski was the kicker for the raiders that's what it was <laughs> that's was amazing the, he was the fat <laughs> he was the kicker for the raiders that looked like as soon this. as i said i was like that doesn't sound right it sounded right in my head but um but i'm sure even in his movie like you can kind of see that mm-hmm adjustment going right. on so if you're up for a an r-rated comedy and it oh i would couple... i would say it wasn't the trailer makes it look like it's going to be like really bloody and action and like over the top it it really wasn't it was i was thinking it was more tame than yeah than what the trailer led you to believe and i do think yeah. that a lot of people are like oh rated r you know memorial weekend this isn't going to work but mm. it really isn't that bad like i would take my dad to see it it like, was less sure. gory than cocaine bear was so le- way less gory yeah, than cocaine I mean, bear. And we felt like cocaine bear needed to be turned up a notch to mm-hmm. fit its title mm-hmm. yeah and i'm sure that <laughs> some people thought that it was coming across as raunchy as well which we're kind of trying to figure out now if not just comedies but also right. raunchy comedies can make a comeback to theaters and yeah. even for this one i know bird was saying like it's really 
gonna go hard i didn't feel i didn't it that feel much. like it went hard but, but, but that also could be because we know of his comedy style but it but it, he's not that messed up like his comedy's not messed up it's not he doesn't go overly sexualized or anything like dark, that dark it's comedy. not dark no. yeah. yeah so the the film really reflects that level but there's not like a lot of sex stuff in it it's, and it's in a, it's the violence a, is is there but it's kind of minimal it's stylized and it's yeah. <laughs> there's one messed up scene with his with his hand going in the guy's neck but <laughs> other than that like i felt like but it was like so absurd that it was it was la you wanted to laugh at it yeah you played it up for the last for sure mm-hmm. so i i really enjoyed this movie and i would definitely want to see it again like i feel like it's a movie like any like comedy especially r-rated comedies that live with you and then you start just making jokes about it (laughs) i could see that down the road like you'll it gives you so much fodder for inside jokes it's awesome yeah and sony deserves a little bit of a win after the last several weeks they really (laughs) need before spider-verse it would be nice for them to be like oh that was a pleasant surprise yeah now here's a hundred million dollars for spider-man i would like to (laughs) yeah i'd like them to get a win on a film that's not a spider-man film yeah yeah and have it be something that's completely upbeat and build off of these and build off people that genuinely want to promote their film yeah (laughs) yeah and aren't gonna sit and not do the press thing or just be in their white ivory towers in LA being like, my mental health can't take a press tour. Like yeah. stupid, but it was good. We really enjoyed the so, movie. Spe- speaking of in, in ivory towers. Yeah. <laughs> which one do you guys want to start with? Well, I was going to talk about <laughs> Kyle's Kyle's topic that he brought in, which was the, uh, from the, the con film festival, them requesting that trigger warnings appear before films. Oh, yeah um from variety an opinion piece um was suggesting that trigger warnings should start coming uh start uh appearing before the beginning of a movie and the reasoning behind it was that after the experience of seeing independent films at cans to where they go in completely blind and then it's revealed that they're being shown really tough to watch subject matter yeah, the disturbing imagery was a teenager eating their own vomit <laughs> that was I one of the like, examples yes i feel like that wasn't on the scale of things the most disturbing thing they could have seen that needed well, a warning no we did see that in the the machine <laughs> yeah <laughs> choking back vomit <laughs> choking back vomit and then putting it in his pocket she's like did you just put that in your pocket <laughs> well it's funny that we're making that comparison with that to the machine <laughs> Because after describing all of these different um, it's horrifying. <laughs> horrifying scenes uh, that, that that they were seeing in these movies. Um, Several of them did happen in the machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but later on the article, uh, the writer says that not only are these types of hard subject matters being shown in independent cinema, such as what is seen at Cannes, mm-hmm. but it's also being shown in our blockbusters, to which I thought... No. Until <laughs> uh, last night. <laughs> I don't think there is. They did give an example of The Last Duel, which, yes, had a lot of money behind it. And, yes, did have hard subject matter had a to rape watch. Scene yeah. That you saw over and over but again. I wouldn't count that as a blockbuster because no one went to see it. No one probably saw it on streaming either, to be honest. Yeah. like it, They really hit that movie, if you remember how the release went for it well, two years ago. It was one of those ago. weird 
Fox titles that Disney purchased Fox and got the title and then didn't want that to be associated with right. Disney. So they released it under 20th century. Yeah. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a mess. But also Ken made a really good point that it, it's in the synopsis. She is raped in the synopsis and that sets off all the events in the movie. Like, I don't know where you need a trigger warning. If you read the synopsis of the movie you're seeing. Yeah. You're, this writer's experience as can is, is very different compared to the general audience's experiences with other movies. For one thing at Cannes, as I mentioned earlier, you're going in completely blind. You're like, mm-hmm. you're not knowing what these types of movies are or what these movies are about, but you do know that this is very small scale independent movies that are trying to get bought by studios. And some of them don't have barriers from distributors or right. investors. So they are able to go as free as they want to. Meanwhile, most people watch these blockbuster titles that do have those restrictions. So mm-hmm. you're not necessarily going to get subject matters shown as hardcore as was being right. shown this, at Cannes. This makes me laugh. This reminds me of Infinity Pool in like January. Yeah. Where they mm-hmm. showed it at a film festival the week and before it was supposed to premiere. Yeah. But they showed the the x-rated version (laughs) and it it caused cancellations across the board oh my gosh i had locations cancel after that because it was so graphic Mm -hmm. that like people reporting back like that was they're like we don't we don't need this the thing was film film critics were saying to have it (laughs) and there was and they didn't tell anybody either they if they would have prefaced it with like this is the director's cut different than the theatrical cut I yeah. mean, they basically screwed the pooch on that one. Listen, it's really weird. Yeah. There's a pra- there is something about going to the movie and being surprised along the way. There, That is part of the experience. Every movie has to have a- a- you, that. Yeah, you need to go in, let everything go away. It's the escapism and just be sh- shown and taken on a journey. Yeah. But where does this come to play practically for theater owners? You know, they... You can trade screen all these movies. They all, by law, have to be trade screened. Mm -hmm. And as an exhibitor, you're allowed to go to those. Now, their trade screenings are of various places across the country. There's none in Montana ever. It's not like there's one in every state. So you have to go, you know. Very few and far between. Yeah, they're very few, far between. And it's one day, one showing. So they limit it because it's an expensive endeavor. But they're all trade screenable. So if you ever have questions about content you're allowed to go see it before you ever book that movie and we always as bookers have always kind of given our theater owners a heads up hey this movie has a rape scene in it hey there's a lot of language but not a lot of violence like when we explain rate the rating system we Mm -hmm. are always kind of given a hint about what could be in there this is a language art this is a violence art there is an incredible amount of nudity. There's a, in this. or yeah. there's a, a same sex relationship. You might get some people upset. Like we just get some heads up, but we That's do new that from 2021. That is new. <laughs> or 2022. That was never a thing before, but it is now. So yeah, I always give my owners a heads up just because they will get feedback and whether it's good or bad backlash or positive from their audience mm-hmm. about some of that stuff. And you just want to be, you know, forewarned as forearmed or however the saying goes Janikowski yeah (laughs) that's how you pronounce it (laughs) I think that's how it was Um, so so it's just it's good to have but I don't but but you do that as an owner you don't want to ruin the experience for the audience um, because you know they're all adults there is a, a 
fly-by-night rating system that we've all grown up and lived mm-hmm. with for the past like 30 years you know and if it's r-rated there's gonna be something that only adults should see in it so yeah i don't know why somebody would need a trigger warning for anything that just to me that they need that heads up it is a hurdle to going to see the film but just puts up a barrier like oh you might not enjoy this yeah i i also will add on that in today's day and age like we can have the ability to get a sense of what these movies are about not just with trailers and marketing and being able to get marketing so up close to us on our phones but just you can look up interviews will be able to look up like a past director's work like just give yourself you people don't really want to do that much research i understand but Mm -hmm. even just a headline or two um can give you a sense of whether the movie is gonna do right by you or whether you think it's gonna affect you in the wrong ways so i don't i think by having that extra warning is just it's not necessary because as adults you have the sense to be able to figure out for yourself and look yeah. up and research whether a movie is right for you. And if it, and I hate to say this, but it is a time honored tradition. that if you get really upset at a movie, you are able to walk out of it. Yeah. You do not have to sit there and, and be subjected to it if you don't want to. Yeah. So don't ruin it for everybody else. Don't like market it to put up barriers around mm-hmm. it. Get up and leave. Right. Like, take some personal responsibility for that. Right. No, and, and my thought on this was the idea of these epic films where a a planet is destroyed, <laughs> a la Independence Day, where all of a sudden a, a yeah. planet blows up. So what is your trigger warning for a planet blows up? Trigger warning, planet blows up. Multiple, you know, LGBTQ people were killed. Children are murdered. Babies. Dogs are murdered. Casualties Babies. of all races and... Gender identities, but no, you're non, making it too general. Non-binary, no. person, oh, okay. non-binary persons of color were were executed. Like, <laughs> what are we what are we looking for here? Like, right. we, mm-hmm. we need to uh, save everyone. Do we need to go into every single species in case someone has like a spider monkey at home that they really care about? Oh my gosh, that, fe- <laughs> that feels like that type of description that would go too far in like the blockbuster sense. Yeah, because you're you're having to because with four quadrant movies, you already are trying to cover so many facets mm-hmm. of current audiences that it it almost becomes a distraction onto the movie anyway right like we've talked we've think, talked about this but i didn't even think about this when the obviously in these epic films when the americans win not the earthlings the americans yeah win, of course because one, the french rah, rah. the french can't win <laughs> but the americans win and we kill the aliens do we then have to put a trigger warning out that aliens we're, right. are murdered in this film <laughs> hey just in case aliens could be real right. it's no, becoming more and more want, likely you don't want to offend aliens or... in case if they come across this are bad guys <laughs> it was a different time <laughs> i know it's just it's i think just it's okay sad. with like television or when movies are on cable because there's already like ratings to begin with and like if you're just coming across the channel maybe like if you're going on to the the next thing specific thing i've ever seen in the film ratings thing is like smoking and drinking alcohol like right but i just don't feel like that's even needed like do we even need a trigger warning for smoking anymore i don't think that i in all in all honesty i don't think trigger warnings would go to that extent but i think it's for more like other types what of subject would be matter the warning then you, that's what i'm saying but, but it, then you probably you probably wouldn't have that and just have the rating be 
that's what I'm saying. Like we have ratings with reasons. We we always put a rating Mm -hmm. in and what the reason is. And it's usually pretty standard language. Some violence, some nudity, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So, but what this author was saying was we should have even more warning. And and so you would have to then view the film and get specific on that. So the absurdity of what the specific is Mm -hmm makes it laughable but no, that's what they're asking for but i'm yeah, not offended totally. by smoking but men in sandals <laughs> i really don't want to see is it socks and sandals or just sandals in general just sandals and men's toes yeah gotcha I don't, I don't need to see that they're not great yeah <laughs> why did i say that anyone anyone who wears their nipples in their armpits like kyle is currently doing What's we don't need that, that. yeah <laughs> so that's where they always are don't you want to point it straight ahead not to the sides <laughs> I can look however I want to look. Thank you. Or your nipples could look however they want to yeah. look. Don't judge me for what I am. What if it's like one up, one down? <laughs> oh they gosh. have a mind of their own at that point. Yeah. Uh, do you think we've spoken enough about this yeah. um, odd topic and just move it on to another so one? It was so weird. It just... Was it IndieWire that put it out? or No, I saw it coming from Variety. Ugh, Variety should know better. Don't give those lunatics a platform. <laughs> stupid but we well, can talk about yeah. indiewire because that's the article i got from this next topic yeah no speaking of lunatics the people in this room have said this many 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 times <laughs> playing a film in theaters legitimizes it for all audiences and not only and theater all, audiences yeah. but home audiences mm-hmm. and lo and behold sony and lionsgate are killing it on home VOD services after a theatrical release. And guess what? They're not limiting it to just 17 days, Universal. Yeah. They give it real runs. Sisu is still having a legitimate theatrical run still. Oh, they don't put Mario on uh, VOD when it's number two in the country? Yeah. And it's made a billion dollars. And then get mad at you when you're like, I don't think I want to play this anymore. Well, why not? Well, because you put it at home. Oh, don't you even bring that up. Don't you bring that up. That's... That has no effect on the theatrical. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We have we have uh, well, Sony and Lionsgate showing us otherwise. Yeah. But... yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But IndieWire just uh, put out another article making the observation that when it comes to Sony and Lionsgate, unlike them making their own streaming services, uh, they're proving that with the correct theatrical model and doing proper promotion there, that when it comes to them landing on VOD services then um they're getting a lot of grosses from it as a result mm-hmm. like most of the vod platforms have a sony or a Lionsgate movie now in like the top five yeah of what's being downloaded and played i mean on netflix uncharted was in the top 10 for like four months yeah <laughs> yeah i think what's also interesting in that article is that they talked about how um they're now not keeping it just on their streaming platforms so the so even Universal and Disney, they're putting them still on Prime and other, like, so they're spreading it out for the VOD aspect of it just to catch that wider net on that audience. Mm-hmm. So, because I don't think living in their own ecosystems is really working out for them financially. <laughs> I have to I have to go on a little tangent here. Go I read, for it. Ky- read Kyle's notes. Yeah. And it says, theatrical releases matter. Props up movie at home. But I was reading this with like the wrong emphasis on a different s- syllable, and I was like, "Props up, is that like lit or?" I thought <laughs> I read it I that like, way too. Props up, props to them. Pop, props up, homie. Like yeah. I was like, "What is he talking about?" 
I could not. I, I could did, not put it together I, in I, my head. I didn't mean it in that sense, but no, I'm pretty you, sure props to. I think you just needed the word "witch" in there. Which props up the? Which props up? Yeah. Sure. I mean, this is shorthand. It doesn't matter. Props up. Props <laughs> well, up. Apparently, it does. Why, props up, why are you guys judging props. my shorthand and our outlines <laughs> that no one props sees? Up props up witches. <laughs> you know that old thing. Kyle's come up with his own Janus slang Lauska, out here. That old. You guys. Davis. You guys remember that two thousand slang term? Yeah. I know. Props up witches. I know. <laughs> it's throwing me off. Sounds like a Disney Channel. <laughs> Uh, it was a series um, that ran for nine years. Yeah. Props up, dis- or props up, witches will be right back. Everybody born between two thousand two and two thousand four really identifies with. Yeah, <laughs> the witches dance. We know what show that is, but no one else has ever heard of. <laughs> what you never heard of it before? We lit fam. Sorry. No, because we were in high school at that time. <laughs> we're big kids. Yeah, yeah, you guys were cool. I get it. So cool. Yeah. Cool Early two thousands high schoolers. Cool in our sweet outfits. <laughs> oh, look at us now. <laughs> no, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. I, came, I yeah. came up with this idea, and Kyle was like, "Oh man, we have to do this." Yep. And then Cody, they came in the office, and they just sat in a bag for a while. Like Kyle didn't even get them look at them, well, get them out I, of the bag. I didn't bag. lose it. I was adequately prepared for. I thought we could have worn them last night to the machine, and nobody was with me on that. It's like, oh. Oh, no, I would have gone home. (laughs) He was so embarrassed. I don't know why. Everybody's facing four. They're not going to be looking at us. Well, they might a little. (laughs) It's dark, Kyle. Nobody. Have you ever noticed anything anybody's ever worn in a movie theater? Uh, Before and after, but not during, Uh because I'm paying attention to the movie. Exactly. So what would you have been embarrassed by? Before and after. (laughs) (laughs) This makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Gone home. <laughs> Kyle. No, this was uh, a really fun time, and the movie was um, a really great comedy as well. We need more yeah. comedies in theaters, and I'm glad Way more. Bert um, brought that up on his live stream as well. More comedies, and especially giving more comedians chances like this. because To make a lot the of them, content they want to make. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of them have, I'm sure, really great ideas for giving movies out to the public. Yeah. yeah, but everybody who has a comedy special, it has a trust of a production company to keep someone entertained for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. There is a very small leap to move that to 90 minutes and make right. it a feature film. Yeah, It's not much of a, a difference. It's yeah. like, we need a script. Oh, what, they're basically reading a script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, let's let's take some, take some chances here on people that already have followings that people already find interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Priyanka Chopra reading someone else's lines obviously doesn't work. So let's find somebody who writes no. and performs and put them on screen. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm all about, about that. About that. That <laughs> came out weird. Yeah. At Jenna first I was Slavsko. thinking, oh, a Canadian joke, but I was like, no one in our conversation is Canadian. <laughs> no, nope. we definitely didn't. It just weirdly came out. We definitely didn't do our own machine version last night and party too hard. Yeah. Cody definitely didn't go out and have... Had two cocktails afterwards. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Kyle, I told our sitter that I would be back at 11. So mm. when we got out the, at like 9.30... started 30. at 7 o'clock. And Cody told the sitter, we'll be, we'll be home at 11 o'clock. I'm like, how long did you think this movie yeah. was? I don't know. I wasn't thinking, but guess what? I got to have two cocktails afterwards. <laughs> but to be fair, most movies are two and a half hours long. Right. 
Like I, which is it's nine, understandable. Which is nine thirty. If you do basic math, that's well, we got okay, out. so it would have been but, like ten, maybe. But, right. but, but we did figure out in the office. Cody does struggle with basic basic math this morning, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out per screen averages. Yeah, we were trying. At least Ken and I have an excuse. <laughs> we're morons. Yeah, nobody. No, morons. Besides, no, besides Little Mermaid's ten million dollar, um, third early show Thursday shows we couldn't find any for about my father or the machine so we were trying to figure out how well it did and we based on our locations based so, on averages so we took our location we took a per screen average and then we know that they did about 2400 prints around the country on each of these films so we um, estimated on our per screen average about what that would be and we came out that machine might do around six hundred thousand dollars and uh, about my father might do around four hundred fifty thousand dollars, but it could be more. It just that was just a very down and dirty. Just we were just trying to find numbers. Yeah, <laughs> we're like we'll make them up ourselves. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Guess what? And it the, made money on Thursday liter- night. Literally, yeah. literally making up numbers. Yeah. None of those numbers we discussed in the office prior to this, Cody. <laughs> it just made these up again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! No, we didn't. <laughs> We did. I wrote it down. I was in your office. It's on I wrote the paper. Yeah. Car, car ramrod. I didn't I look at the I wrote it on paper. the paper. Yeah. <laughs> See, Ken? Written on the paper. Car ramrod. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, everybody have a great weekend. Get out and support uh, this strange slate of films we have with mm-hmm. Mermaid 2 um, comedian-driven comedies and Kandahar starring Gerard Butler. Oh, yeah. We forgot about that one. But that one is going to do really well, too. So. Yeah. Really well? Really well. Because I better because I booked it places. <laughs> blockbuster of the year. Yeah. We have so I can only have, two machines. We have two blockbusters of the year coming out this yeah. weekend. Hey, that doesn't happen very often. Both of which are gonna open to less than ten million. No. It's gonna be it's gonna surprise everybody. Yeah. I'm still tooting that horn. Yeah, we'll be optimistic, guys. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> On that surprise. note, I'm out of here. Bye everybody. Bye, Bye. everyone. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.